0: What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to the Struggle to Strength podcast, your source for real life application on how to turn your struggles into strengths in all things mind, muscle, and money. Dude, that Brendan. was Brendan. Hold on, I want to. I want to try. I want to get his, his last name, Brendan. What is it? Tomarasami? Maybe I'm saying I think that right. So. Um, dude, that was one of the fastest, most clear, and concise absolutely value-packed episodes I think we've ever had.
1: Yeah. No, this is like, this is, you're definitely going to want to listen to this one. It's short, gets right to the point and has Amazing, like takeaways.
0: Amazing right takeaways, and then Brendan is a phenomenal communicator. You even he does an exercise in this in this episode where we give him a random word, and he just spills off this amazing speech on it. And we know that we can get that good at speaking too. He's got some exercises for us about how to become better at speaking, how to become better at writing, and even an app recommendation that I'm really excited to use uh, to transcribe some of our video or our vocal communication into text so this is absolutely an episode that you're probably going to want to have a notebook for uh take some notes practice these exercises that brendan gives us and become a rock star communicator we have links in the show notes for how you can follow brendan but buckle up stay tuned this is a phenomenally valuable episode we will see you guys inside Brendan i'm excited to talk to you man uh this whole concept of improving communication is something i've been working on a lot, a lot the past uh couple of years and so i'm excited to Learn from an expert today. Yeah, man. <laughs> Is that weird? Do you, does it feel weird calling yourself a communication expert or when people are like, oh my God, like, dude, you're so good at communicating
2: yeah man it's it's really bizarre because you know i have a bachelor's degree in accounting i have a crooked left arm i grew up my whole life speaking a language i didn't know so so it's been really fascinating you know in in my career to to reach this midpoint where people are calling me this expert i mean i, I still have a lot more to go and learn but but yeah super grateful for sure spoken yeah, like a true
0: expert
1: for sure and accounting's probably not like that's not necessarily the you know you think of like psychology when you think of uh when you think of communication so what got you? What got you into those two different paths? I guess.
2: Yeah, for sure, Travis. So when I was in college, Michael was never to be an entrepreneur, never to be a communication coach. I didn't even know that was a thing. I just realized that I was really good at math and terrible at everything else. So I went to business school to be an accountant, even if I didn't really know what that meant. And then I had this oversized suit that I wore from Sears, it's like a bankrupt company now. And I would go to these cocktails and ask people who would work at these big four accounting firms like PwC and Deloitte and KPMG and I'd say, how do you get a job at these companies? And they said two words, case competitions. And then I looked at them and I said, What's a case competition? I learned later it's like professional sports, but for nerds. So other guys my age are playing, you know, rugby or baseball or basketball. I actually did presentations competitively. That's how I learned how cool. to speak. And then, long story short, I got really good at presenting. I started coaching a lot of the students for free back then, and that's what led to master talk accidentally because I felt the information wasn't available for people.
0: That's really cool. That's a really cool, that's a really cool way to get into to public speaking. And so how, how old are you, Brennan? 26 and I You're started 26? coaching 2019. 19. Yeah. Wow, dude, wow. that's young. Yeah. We're, yeah now, do, you,
2: do you work with people who are older than you often? Way older. My average client is 20 years older than me. So yeah, to your point, you know, it's, yeah. it's really interesting to see the era we live in right to, to your initial question, Josh, around, you know, what does an expert actually mean? But yeah, I, th- I definitely think my life is pretty crazy these days.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I've run into this myself in certain situations, but I mean, being a relatively young human, coaching people who are, you know, quite a bit older and, you know, what most might think are more experienced than you, and yet you're teaching them how to do things that they're probably like, dude, I should have learned how to do this forever ago. Like, this is insane. So- you're- you're absolutely
2: right josh you know for me too that's how it started and the advice i have because really what we're talking about is imposter syndrome right how mm-hmm. do we show up despite insecurities or challenges you might have and let's start with me because i'm probably the king of imposter syndrome because i started coaching ceos and i was probably 21 or 22. Mm-hmm. so where did that confidence come from so for me the way i think about this is like an analogy that i'd love to share with you guys so where do you let's use travis's example where do you live travis in the world Denver, Colorado. Denver, Colorado. Awesome. So let's say I came to Denver and I said, hey, Travis, never been here. What should I do for fun? You'll probably tell me. You'll say, Mm. oh, go to this restaurant, visit this attraction. In the same way that if you came to my home city, which is Montreal in Canada, and you say, hey, I'm in Montreal, what should I do? I'll probably tell you. But don't you find that odd, you two? Because we're not tour guides. Yet we openly blab and talk about our experiences without ever worrying About what people think of the information we're sharing, but when it comes to our expertise, whether it's communication or podcasting, we don't really talk. We worry about it.
1: Yeah, like there's people who I don't not tell you where I think you should go in my city just because there are people who know. There's like you know Yelp professionals who know everything, and I'm and I'm just like oh dude, defer to them. I don't know anything. You know what I mean? My opinion doesn't matter. Like yeah, that's an interesting point. Like we don't do that.
2: We don't really think about that. Absolutely. I love the Yelp fidelity. <laughs> it's, like it's like we don't
0: get imposter syndrome about that sort of thing. Hmm. Correct.
2: Which closes the loop as to what does being an expert even mean? Right. And I've yeah. thought about this question a lot, right, guys? And for me, the answer is simply this. Expertise is not about having a PhD. It's about saying, are we one chapter ahead of the next person that we're coaching or helping or serving in that journey? Mm-hmm. In the same way that, I mean, as parents, I mean, I'm not a parent, but a lot of my clients are, you know, they, they coach their kids, but like doesn't mean they're the most qualified person in the world to give them advice. Yeah. So what's what's the point here? I think the point here is what Ali Gadet says, which is if you help one person, the world will give you permission to help everyone else. So just help the person you're most comfortable with, which for me was kids when I started, then people my own age. Then I went straight to CEOs because a lot of my
0: buddies were technology startup CEOs and they were 22. Interesting. That's interesting. I like that reframe of of what an expert is. It makes you that in itself alleviates a lot of imposter syndrome, I think, because we get caught up in this idea that we're not worthy of helping these people. Dude, you know more than them. Like, of course you're worthy of helping them. You know so much more than them. And even making it as simple as, are you just one step ahead of where they are? Cool. Then you're like, you're allowed to do what you do.
2: Correct. That's the way I've always seen it. That's why I always believe that confidence is never given. Like I hate the power posing, the the deep breathing, the Mm -hmm. drinking water and jumping up and down. For me, it's not about that. It's about confidence is earned, never given. So when I sit down, obviously these days, I don't have that problem at all. But you know, when I sit down with an SVP and they're double my age, I go, have you done A, B, and C in your career? And they say, well, no. And I say, exactly. So sit down and it's time to get to work. And that's really Mm -hmm. the key. We need to start somewhere. And most people don't start at all.
1: So how do we get started if – so if it's like a chicken and the egg, right? You do need to have some experience to have some confidence. How do we start when we have no confidence and no experience?
2: Absolutely, Travis. So here's the way that I think about this. Communication is like juggling 18 balls at the same time. One of those balls is eye contact, filler words, Facial expression, storytelling, the list goes on. So for me, the question has always been, what are the three easiest balls to juggle? Because if we start with those three things, then we can build momentum. So for example, both of you have a super successful podcast. Congrats on that. But when you started, it was probably, hey, dude, like you want to start some podcast? And, and you just went. Literally.
1: For it, right? Word for word. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and and that, that's the game, right? Same thing, by the way. I started my YouTube channel in my mom's basement. That's it, like with the phone. Mm -hmm. So going back to this, what is the easiest thing that we can start with? So I won't monologue too long, let's just go with ball number one, which is the random word exercise. Pick a random word, like trophy case, like mirror, like basement, and create random presentations out of thin air, and just do that a few times a day. If you can make sense out of
0: nonsense, you can make sense out of anything. So I would start there. Oh, that's an interesting practice. So like connecting these random words that's that's the concept so that's that's the next level exercise but to keep it simple today
2: and i'm happy to demonstrate if it's easier for for you yeah 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 yeah
1: let's do like a demonstrate that'd be great
2: yeah Cool, cool cool so so let's have travis jump a word at me so give me any word you want literally as long as i understand it
1: um uh confidence
2: Awesome. Okay, you got really easy on me, Travis. You could have easily given me like toilet paper or something. (laughs) And, And for people listening to this, he didn't give me confidence prior to this convo. So here I go. What is the one thing in life that we need to be successful? Is it purpose? Is it passion? Is it the right amount of money in a bank account? The truth is all of those things are important, but one that we almost never talk about or work on is confidence. The way that we show up. Not just for ourselves, but for the people that we're called to serve in the world. So if you're listening to this right now and you're looking for an answer to confidence, here's the most important one. As Dan Henry says, competence leads to confidence so start by doing the reps ask yourself what are the one the two the three actions that i can take today in my expertise that nobody else is willing to do in my industry and if i'm willing to start there i'll feel that confidence internally and make a massive impact in the world that's it random or says, are
0: you sure you haven't done that
2: <laughs> that was so good wow Oh, I've done amazing. confidence before, Josh, for sure. Okay. That's why I said you guys are going easy on me. Some people oh, I get okay. on these podcasts and they give me a light bulb, and I just yeah,
0: I was gonna say banana. <laughs> see, see what he does with that. <laughs> but that was that was amazing. And so you've you started you, the first step in this exercise is just to think of these random words and then start connecting random words, and eventually, I imagine you have a process where we get all the way to you know uh, an expert such as your level to be able to speak eloquently on any topic no matter what it is right josh but let's keep it even easier are we even doing the
2: exercise it's kind of like going to the gym you know a lot of us we go to our fitness coaches and we say what's the diet plan what's the calorie intake what's the vitamins that i need to eat versus are you
0: walking every day like are you spending food thank you in- oh my yeah. god
2: Right. So so I'm the the a coach, so this is, kind of. is like
0: right on my alley. I'm like everyone wants the the supplement. Like what's the best fat burner? I'm like go to fucking bed, dude. Sleep. <laughs> like are you sleeping? <laughs> that was perfect. So- Right. Exactly, Josh.
2: And, and that's the game with the range of word exercise. So for me, what I always tell people is we don't get points on how well we do it. We get points on how many times we're willing to do it. And the truth of the matter is having coach hundreds of them at this point, most people aren't willing to do the exercise just a hundred times, which by the way, only takes two hours out of your life. And that's really the point because when you start confidence is more like, uh, yeah, so confidence is, I don't know why I'm doing this exercise, but then over time you get really good at it. Yeah. That makes yeah, so mess.
1: what's like a what's like a quick actual breakdown one more time of like what that uh, of like how to do that exercise, I guess. Like what are like mm-hmm. the steps for how to do that exercise? Right.
2: And the answer, Travis, is there shouldn't be any steps. The key is really just to push through the discomfort of doing it. So for example, if if I'm working with somebody and they get the word, I don't know, master and they just say, uh, like a master is, uh, and they're thinking about it for a few seconds. And they say, well, I guess my friend is, a ma-. so they don't really know how to tackle it, which is good. I actually want them to go through that discomfort of not knowing how to do it. And then I just give them another word and another word and another word. And what happens a hundred percent of the time, I've literally met nobody that this hasn't worked on. After you do this a hundred times. You just go, oh, well, master is a way of life. And they just start making things up. But basically, what the point of the random word exercise is, is to remove the fear of judgment. That's really the goal. In the same way that I'm sure none of you guys have met a podcaster who has done a hundred episodes and the hundredth one was worse than the first one. Impossible. Right. I've never seen that. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. So if you are, you know, if you're nervous about public speaking and that sort of thing, this is a great way. Random word exercise throw out random words and you just like explain them out loud. And the first hundred times it's probably going to be real rough and it's just going to slowly get better over time. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. You Love that. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I see that the way that this could help because we understand like the anxiety that you're feeling around what other people think of you, that's all made up in your own head. That's your lack of confidence. That's your lack of belief in yourself. And so if you're working on these things, like, yeah, you'll get better at it, but really you're just getting more confident in your ability to do the exercise. And then because of that, you're less worried about what other people think of you because you think of you in a positive way. Absolutely. And we could talk about where that comes from if you want, but, but, you know, the key
2: is find ways to do it. For example, the easiest way that I get people to do this exercise is with their children or with nieces or nephews. Because if you give a five-year-old this exercise, they literally don't ask any questions. They just do the exercise. So if you give them banana, they just go, oh, well, I had a banana this morning and the banana was really good. Because (laughs) Like they don't think about it. Whereas us, we go, oh, like what's the calculation, Brendan? What are the steps? What's the process? And that's where we make the mistake.
1: I think for a lot of people, and like me as well, one of the issues is being put on the spot, and then just being like, "What? It? Wait, what is a banana? How do you spell banana? It's like, it's like freezing. You know what I mean? It's like like when you look at a
0: word for too long, and it stops looking like a word, and it just yeah. It's like
1: you obviously know what it is. You know how to explain it. So, what do you think is going on there? Like, is it just you put those reps in, and then you just get better at like connecting to information that you already have? Like why is there that disconnect there, and why is it like adults? Like you said, kids will just blab on. Be like B A N, banana, yellow. Like they just start connecting <laughs> random thoughts. Gwen like Stefani. <laughs> <start>? Steph- yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I love that question. Matt. And, and it's so true. So th- so there's two parts to that question. Trey. The first one is what happens as we evolve? Why do people get really good really fast? And the other piece is why are we scared? So let's start with the first piece. The first piece is because the momentum is quick. Let's use an example of fitness again. If we do one specific rep for four weeks, we'll see quick progression, like squats is a good example. So the first time we do a squat, I still don't know how to do a squat. Like, you're just terrible. But then if you have the right coach and you do that for four weeks and you do it like 200 times, your squat is going to be better. And that will give you confidence, even if you're terrible. Even if you're like 500 pounds, it doesn't matter because your form will improve because you're doing the same micro action over and over and over again. Same thing with the random word exercise. The reason the results are really fast is because the exercise is so simple in nature that by the time someone's done 100, they feel that they're getting momentum. And that alone is the most important piece because it breaks the mindset around communication to begin with.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like like mind-muscle connection in when you're training same exact thing for like public speaking like that muscle the ability to just like go is something that you have to train
0: Yep. yeah yeah now here's here's a question that i have for you because um oops sorry trav i just realized i wasn't recording this on QuickTime, so now i am okay. um it's all good <laughs> we got the zoom sorry james yeah. um so here's a question that i have is i i feel like my ability to speak vocally is much better than my ability to show up the way that I want to on social media online when I'm taking the time to type words. Because for me, it's almost like I have more time to look at the words and more time to get my own head about how they sound and how they might be perceived. Do you find that that's normal? And how can I present better online? Absolutely, Josh. Great question, man. So, so there's two parts to this
2: conversation. One that I think applies to 80% of people, and the other one that I think applies to 20. Let's just throw numbers here to make it simple. So, 80% of people, I would just just speak a lot more because that just gives you confidence for anything. So, for social media, I would just say, you know, don't worry about the video content. Just make a list of three to five people. This is one of my easy threes. Random word X is another one. Is video messages where you just send them 20 second video messages. Like if I was coaching you, Josh, you probably are doing this, but I would say, hey, like when it's your client's birthday, put it like a birthday hat, get like a a bazoo and just like whatever it's called, like that thing and just send them video messages. It makes their life, it makes their (laughs) life. They they freak out and and it's so easy to do, right? Mm -hmm. So just start there. You don't need to start with the world, start with the people that already give a shit about you and then expand from that circle. Mm -hmm. Right, So that's what I would say around video messages. In terms of social specifically, Josh Mm -hmm. and Travis, that really depends. So I'd say for me, for YouTube, but now I'm getting on TikTok in the next 30 days, I actually write out everything word for word, even if I don't use a teleprompter. And the reason is because it helps me structure my thoughts. Like think about the way I'm showing up on this podcast. Even if I sound casual, all of my answers are really structured because I've answered the same question three or four hundred times. Mm-hmm. So it sounds casual, but the way that I'm communicating is actually super structured. So that's why I would encourage people who want to post on social to write it out,
0: even if you don't have to t- like uh, say it out loud word Mm -hmm. for word. So my thing is when I, I, like a lot of the best content that I post on social, it's actually me speaking. It's me creating video uh, on my Instagram story or in my reels. And I find that I'm much more effective when I do like a a green screen or a voiceover and I can just be myself and talk. But once I go to put these words down on paper and I type them up, like in a caption, I come off extremely formal and presentational and it completely changes my delivery and so mm. i'm i struggle personally with coming off as my genuine happy enthusiastic self when i'm putting words onto paper or into actual text that's my that's what i that's what i feel like i struggle with
1: yeah i feel like josh is pro- like mm. me and him are like kind of opposites in that where i'm probably more like you and i think it's probably more common where like you know, the, the off the cuff, like speaking is harder and you have to, and you have to train that. And if you go home and like, think about it and write it down, whereas Josh is kind of like the opposite almost like when he like has to sit down and structure it out, it's like more difficult. But when he's all like, he's just like amazing at just talking with like no planning. It's just like all of his thoughts, like they are ready to go, which is interesting. Mm, There's like different, there's like different types of people, I guess.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's what's interesting.
1: I agree.
2: So, so here's what I would say, because it's a bit more advanced, but I'm happy to, to provide input. So for this, what I would say... Usually my recommendation is to take the copy that you're saying verbatim, let's say like right now freestyle in a podcast, and use otter.ai to just write out the casual copy for you. Ooh. I think that's the way I would approach it. And that's what Gary Vee does, I believe. What if is I that? understand. Yeah, because
1: Gar- Gary V's probably the same way where like if yeah. he had to sit down and write a book by himself. He doesn't write like, any of his books. Oh my god, like yeah, fuck. Yeah. he's like, you know what I mean? He's, But yeah. he can just talk and it's like golden nuggets, like nonstop.
0: Wait, so this, this app, I, I want to make sure that we get this right for myself and the listeners. It's called otter.ai? Correct. Correct. Okay. I'm not an affiliate
2: and- for them, but basically it's like you just you as you speak it automatically transcribes what you say and it becomes casual to to travis this point because ah. i don't think a lot of people know this like gary v does not write any of his books basically what yeah. he does is he sits down and he just goes blah, 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 and people ghost write the book for him and he's yeah, open yeah. about that he doesn't actually hide that and and that's really because that's what fits with the style and then some people are actually really good at both styles but i would say the key is to to just do what gary v does josh yeah. You can
1: probably also, like Josh, that. like if you have some videos that you really like, you can probably play that on your computer audio and run otter.ai and it'll probably pick up through the speakers. Yeah. Like you've Dude, already this created, is a great you know? idea.
0: This is a great, and then yeah. I can go back and I can edit out my, my filler words. Cause I know I still use yeah. filler words. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I like that. Otter.ai. Great. That, that itself. Awesome. So glad that you, you
1: showed that to me. Course, <laughs> I got, I got, I have one other kind of like question topic. We've probably touched on it a little bit, but, um, you know, I, I do, I have a video production company and I do a lot of marketing. I'm just curious around like communication and messaging in marketing. Like, is that something you work with your clients on specifically? Um, you know, I know this is kind of like a broad question, but like, do you have any like advice, I guess, for like how to communicate in, in marketing? For sure, Travis, happy to. So I would say for
2: me, most of my specializations, service-based businesses. So let's focus on, the, it could apply to product-based, but I think for, for somebody like Josh, the advice I'm about to share is like perfect. And I'm, I'm service-based
1: as well, so yeah. Yeah,
2: so, so for you too, this is perfect. So here here's how I usually run marketing for, for service is I call this framework QIT. So QIT just means questions, insights, titles. So let's run through this framework. Number one is questions. What are the questions that your best, I like to draw that emphasis, that the best clients in your ecosystem are asking you. People that you really love to death. These are not people that you're like, oh my God, why did I sign this person? But people that you're just really excited about. And it also doesn't have to be exclusive to clients. I like focusing on that for business owners, but it could be like a super fan who's seven years old on your podcast, who loves listening to your show for some reason and gives you questions. Okay, so that's Q. I is insights. So take the questions and block out, let's say as an example, 45 minutes just opening a Word document, or in Josh's case, taking a voice recorder out and just speaking out the answer to that question and reviewing it. So, if you're more structured, so i add this nuance. This is the first time I've ever done this on a podcast. So, if you're somebody more like Travis, you're more structured like me and Travis, you want to do this on a Word document. So, you're writing out, so I literally write out the answer to that question. Example so the most common question I get asked is, How do I present in a second language? A lot of my clients are native, not native speakers of English. That's why they they like to hire a coach like me. So they asked me that question. So I sit down for 45 minutes and I write out an answer, assuming that the person doesn't hire me. So even if someone doesn't hire me, I want to make sure that answer is helpful and useful to those people because that's my mission. So that's I. Any questions όfers, does that make sense to you?
1: No, this is yeah, yeah this perfect. is awesome. And then for awesome. Josh maybe he would want to just talk it into Otter dot. Exactly what I was thinking. Exactly. Yeah that's what I wrote down. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
2: And then the final piece to QIT is titles. So now it's how do we take the questions and turn them into titles that are compelling enough for the viewer to actually go, oh, I need this. Oh, I want this. Example, hey, Brendan, I'm struggling with practicing in English. My first language is French, Mandarin, Hindi. How do I present in a second language? So that turns into a title on my YouTube channel, How to Present in a Second Language. And there's ways to SEO this and figure this out, but let's keep it simple. Hey, Brendan, I'm struggling with finding my passion. I don't know how to find your passion. So, how, and that's QIT, questions, insights, titles. Do that and you'll yeah. have unique content.
1: So, this is a perfect, this, uh, I'm trying to formulate this thought like, this is a perfect example of, Why a lot of businesses, you know, service or product, I feel like are kind of falling behind a little bit in modern marketing, because they don't see the value of something like a podcast, for instance. But this is a perfect example. Like, how are you getting those questions from your clients? If you have a podcast where you're talking to your ideal clients, you're getting them every day. You're getting them constantly as you're talking to these people. You have a platform where you're communicating with them. Like if you don't, if you're not on social media, if you don't have a podcast, if you don't have a newsletter, if you don't have like, I don't know, some of these different ways of communicating with your audience, you're, you're missing out on this entire section. Like you don't have those questions. You don't have access to them. So it's like mm-hmm. building an audience of your ideal client is huge because then you can. You know, this is just one example, but you can get these questions and then you can, uh, you know, uh, fine tune the content that you're putting out and reach people more efficiently. Mm -hmm.
2: Correct. Right. Like for service based businesses that I would say is essential. Then this is how we get clients. It's It's so easy, Josh, right? Yeah. You're just like creating content. You just share it to your existing Rolodex and you just go, hey, can you share this with people that you think would be an ideal fit for our program? They Mm -hmm. watch the videos. They're closed. It's done.
0: Yeah. And the craziest part is, and we see this a lot in the coaching space, and we have a lot of coaches that listen to this podcast, is there are a lot of people out there in the service-based industry, in the coaching industry, that are wondering, what am I supposed to be posting? I don't know what to post. I don't know what questions to answer. I'm thinking at too high a level. I'm answering questions that other coaches have because I want to show up as really smart and intelligent for the other coaches in the industry, rather than for the people that I'm actually trying to help. And realistically, dude, your clients are asking you all the questions you need. The most important part that I want, that I think you really touched on well was the clients that you want to work with. Those are the ones that you pay attention to, that you answer in a public setting, not the questions from the clients that you don't want to work with. If you're a high-level bodybuilding coach, you're probably not answering questions about, you know, what is protein? Like why, like, why is it important? You know, you're probably answering much more high level questions from your high level clients that you enjoy working with. So this, this formula is formula for me. While it's something that we've heard a lot of different times in many different ways, this one is very simple, very easy yeah. to understand. And sometimes that's what it takes. You have to hear something a bunch of different ways before finally it clicks. This is very simple. Right. And I'm ruthless
2: about that, guys. That's another piece since we're on the subject is uh, the third exercise that we haven't covered yet that we'll cover now called question drills. And this is like my signature sauce, which is we get asked questions all the time in our business. Products, service based doesn't matter. Prospects always ask us questions. But most of us are reactive to those questions. We're not proactive. So when I started three years ago guesting on shows, I sucked. Somebody asked me, like, where does the fear of communication come from? And I looked at it and said, dude, I don't know Los Angeles, San Diego. You tell me. I have no idea. And then every day, and this is the trick, all you have to do is spend five minutes every day answering one question about your expertise. But if you just do that once a day for a year, you'll have answered 365 questions about your business. You'll be bulletproof. It's just most people aren't willing to do the
0: work. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting that you say that, you know, we're... We can be very reactive when it comes to questions, because I think especially in our day and age of social media, especially, dude, TikTok can be pretty ruthless these days of people demanding, oh, where's the science? Where's this? Where's that? And it almost exacerbates your imposter syndrome to the point where when someone does ask a question, it is instead of taken as a curiosity from that person I think it's really easy to take those things as an attack on your person and ultimately in turn your identity because you are showing up as an expert in this field. And now somebody asking you a question instead of answering them in a way that encourages more curious questioning to help more people, it's, I mean, we we, we do get reactive. We can get reactive. We almost have to breathe for a second before we start answering those questions. It can be challenging. And that, you know, speaking of communication, kind of working in in many different facets of your life, if you get better at controlling that reactivity, then you're going to show up as a better communicator in other aspects of your life, your relationship, everywhere.
2: You hit the nail on the head, man. It, it's the idea that when we work on a skill, it's like a domino effect. It doesn't just apply to one thing. If we get better at answering questions on a prospect sales call, we'll get better at asking questions and answering them from our wife or kids or husbands yeah. or families too. And that's the link that most people need to get.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people are very reactive. And you're right. I think in, in some cases, it is. it does start with your own self-talk in your relationship with yourself and maybe the traumas that you have or have not overcome. Uh, but if you are the type of person that feels like when someone asks you a question or asks you to do something or whatever it may be, if you're a reactive person and you react rather than respond, what Brennan's talking about here is proactive responses are not reactions. So if we can get better at taking a minute to breathe and you know, get into a state where we can be conducive and helpful, then we'll be able to respond much better. And then we're going to show up much better. We're probably going to get a lot more clients. We're probably going to be more successful in life and in business. That's a, that's a very important skill to practice. It's hard. It's a really hard skill to practice. Oh yeah. It's very important. Yeah. Um, Man, I, uh, I've already learned a lot. I feel like we already have these three exercises and, you know, we usually try to keep these episodes to about 30 minutes. Travis, do you have anything that you want to wrap up with here?
1: no yeah this was awesome man really i feel like this it. was
0: super helpful in and out and like of course we should have expected that from an expert communicator yeah. just like straight to the point not the messing around just yeah man if that tells us anything about the uh, power of effective communication is to get in and out in 30 minutes and have a massively helpful episode like this Brennan. i can't thank you enough man this was phenomenal Hey, pleasure is mine, guys. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, I know I'm going to want to follow you and learn more about you. I know Travis will, our listeners will. So, why don't you give yourself a plug, man? Where can we find you? What are your socials? What do you got going on? Tell us more about Master Talks. Give us everything. Yeah, for sure. You do. Thanks for having me
2: on. So, so two ways to keep in touch. The first one is the YouTube channel. Just go to master talk in one word. You'll have hundreds of free videos on how to communicate ideas effectively. And number two is we run a free workshop on zoom on communication. That's live. It's not some recorded webinar. So if you want to jump in on that, you can register for our next one at rockstarcommunicator.com.
1: Awesome. We'll have all the, the links in the show notes too.
0: Yeah, well, we'll drop these links in the show notes for you guys. We'll also um, make sure to tell you guys about these amazing exercises that I hope if you guys are doing these exercises, let us know. Like, I want to know because I am I mean, this is something that I'm going to continue to practice. I'm definitely going to use that otter.ai app. i definitely going to continue to work on question drilling and the QIT and everything that we talked about today. Um, so again, Brendan, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you to everybody who's tuned in to another episode. We will see y'all next week.